you ever just study for a test and still feel nervous or not prepared? Let us give you some advice. Here at PAL, we want you to feel ready for that exam. This episode, we're talking about studying. Tips and tricks to help you study for that exam. This is Talking About Studying. So I'm going to get into it. I mean, we have had many different changes over the years from paper to online testing to now even the fact that we're Zooming and we have to be watched while we're taking a test. So it's been changed so many times and we've all had many different experiences about it. What do you think is the best start to get ready for that exam? Do you think that we should study a couple weeks before? What is the mentality and the mindset we have to have before studying? I personally think that you should get an early start because uh, if you're trying to jam in like the studying like a week before or like a couple days before, it's not going to like show good results. I mean, you may be a smart person, but like just study ahead of time. Then that goes for like time management too. Like if you just study ahead of time, you'll probably feel much better about, you know, going into the test and not, you know, feeling nervous. You'll be more confident with yourself and you'll just kind of go with the flow and, you know, set your pace and probably be done with the test early and then you can double check it. I think starting early is a good confidence booster. I also think evaluating your mindset, like as you prepare for the test is really important. Test anxiety is a huge barrier and anxiety can get in the way of students actually performing at their actual level of abilities. So really paying attention to your mindset and thinking positively about the exam. There's research on power positions for exam taking or even going in for an interview, but there's um, research that says that if we get into a power position before an exam or some type of event like that, it can help us to perform better. And power poses are like, if you sit and just like put your feet up somewhere or put your hands over your head and sit like that for like five or 10 minutes before the exam, um, you can Google power poses, but getting into a power pose can actually increase your performance. Sleep is important and like lack of sleep can decrease your cognitive abilities in reverse. Sleep what about studying sleep. before going to sleep? Hmm. I guess it depends on your personality. Are you a morning person or a night person? Some people might study better in the morning and some people might study better at night. Grant, when do you like to study? I study like before going to bed. You know, I'll go to bed and then when I wake up, I'll be like, I guess I'll just study again <laughs> just to make sure that I really got it down. Um, I'm more of a morning studier because yeah. there's no distractions in the morning and I can be easily distracted. So if I'm up early when everyone else is sleeping, then it will reduce the amount of possible distractions. Mm -hmm. I study at night. I feel like there's too much going on and I feel like I'm going to miss something. Yeah, it's very interesting. You like talked about how studying in the morning is different. It's really a preference of when you want to study for that last time before the exam. How is it important or why is it important to take breaks while you're studying? I mean, there's so many people that just cram the information in. And I've always said to them, you got to take a break, an hour, two hour break, go outside. Why is that important to take those breaks? I think the most important thing with like taking breaks is like it gives your mind and your brain the time to kind of regenerate and refuel and basically like, I guess like recover from <laughs> like, you know, a headache or whatever that you're having from studying. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's certainly happened to me. Like I'll, I'll go for walks or something um, or like a, a drive uh, down the road or play a video game for like 30 minutes and then I'll get back to studying. My brain is just refreshed after that. I think that's the most important thing. Like, have you heard of the Pomodoro method? I have not. Um, the Pomodoro method has to do with the timer for cooking. <laughs> um, but it's also used to set breaks for studying. And the idea behind the Pomodoro method is that I guess it could be used to remind you to take breaks, but it's also used if you're having trouble getting started. Students, they might, if they're experiencing anxiety or something else, like getting started is the hardest leap for some students. Um, They push it off, push it off, push it off, and then they wait until the last minute, which is not very productive. So the Pomodoro method, um, it incorporates breaks and it also helps you to get started. And it's basically just telling yourself, okay, I'm going to sit and do something for 25 minutes. And then you're going to take a break for 10 minutes. And then you're going to set the timer again for 25 minutes and then take a break. And you can increase the break in between if you want. I like to use the Pomodoro method to get stuff done often, especially if I'm working from home, because when I work from home, I'm very distracted about things that are going on around my house, but I know I can sit and do anything for 25 minutes at a time. The Pomodoro method in a way that I broke it up into days. So what it was is I studied for one day, a couple hours next day, a couple hours, and it's a week before the exam or the test or the quiz, whatever you're studying for. And that allows me to clear my mind, the refreshing, what what Grant said, which is very important because you have to have your mind ready for an exam. And so I want to talk a little bit about the strategies of that, of how do you clear your mind and are you ready for an exam? I think um, there's a couple of strategies I definitely use for clearing my head and, you know, getting ready for an exam. I think one thing is just kind of, you know, getting into that mindset where you're like, okay, I can do this. Uh, you know, we got this. Um, confidence you know, booster. Yeah. Confidence boost as, as well. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to come into it thinking, oh, like, you know, this test is probably going to have stuff that, you know, we didn't even learn um, <laughs> or, or like we didn't even go over didn't even review and that happens sometimes but you gotta just come into the test with that mindset like okay this is fine we can work with this let's get this done um yeah tests can be very stressful but i understand that tests are just a way of you know testing your learning it's not a bad thing for you to like get a bad result on it like for you to get a bad result on it it just tells you okay so like Here's what you know, and here's what you don't know, and here's how you can improve. Here's what you need to do for next time. It's almost like a schedule in a way. This is what I need to work on for next time, studying strategies. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think a lot of people think about that. It's the fact that this no, test, really don't. This test is going to ruin me. That's what they're really concerned yeah, about. And it's more or less like you make your mistake. Let's find a way to fix it. So let's see what you did wrong. What do you need help with? The memorizing part of it? the understanding, the concept. And some people will like fall off the wall, like after getting a bad grade. And then it's just like for the rest of the semester, they're just, you know, struggling to find them that right mindset and just fail more tests or whatever. I think also like a good strategy, talk to your teacher, <laughs> talk yeah. to your teacher and, and be like, what do I need to do? Like, what are some of the things that, you know, we're going to have to answer? If we're talking about learning from failure, then evaluating how you chose what strategy you used to study for that exam 
and then maybe exploring other options and observing, you know, how different strategies either improve or decrease your performance on the exam. I think the biggest question for all of us is what do we do if you're nervous about an exam and you're ready, if you're studying for a test and you're worried that you didn't put enough time in, or you're worried that you did put enough time in and you're still nervous about it. Just stay calm. I mean, you know, you may be nervous, but just tell yourself it's okay to be nervous. Like that's, that's a normal feeling. We can work with that and just let's knock it out of the park. But sometimes nerves can be so powerful in a way that helps us push through and get a good grade or understand the material. There's a lot of evidence um, supporting the effectiveness of study groups, and that could also um, alleviate some anxiety around testing. You know, study groups can help improve your performance. Um, they can, you know, if you're working with others studying for an exam, you can gain new insights from other members of the classroom that might have heard or learned information that you missed. It can combat procrastination because if you have study sessions set up with the study group, then you're more likely to show up than if it was just like a personal goal that you were going to study at some time. But they, being in a study group can also be motivating and inspiring, which is another thing that you mentioned, Jack. The more people, the more brain power. There are a whole lot of other people um, you know, in your class. And if you study with them, yeah, you're going to hear like different views of what the teacher is teaching. You know, you could probably learn a little bit from your classmates too. hear their opinions and, you know, kind of form your own like strategies. Yeah. And learning about those strategies with someone else allows you to think about how you're going to study. I mean, they have a different way of studying. Some people listen to music, like to write out things on the whiteboard. I've seen a ton of people um, with mm -hmm. science in general, writing stuff out on the whiteboard for concepts, for pictures. So when they are studying and you've never had a study group before, how do you set up a study group? I'm one of those people who will like walk up to you and be like, do you want to study <laughs> with me? Like, let's, let's get this done. Like, I don't want to like fall off the edge here or whatever. Sometimes like asking for numbers is good too, because then when you have one another's number, then you'll be able to connect easier and, you know, not have to like scramble all around campus to try to find them and you know tell them hey right now like we gotta go study or whatever yeah and the so, courses that i teach outside yeah. of cal i always like i teach a jyi course and i always on the first day have the students start their own group chat without me and it just with themselves i've done it for summer pal too grant you remember that oh yeah i do remember that yeah so just because like that. having that group chat like helps like you can reach out to the group and ask any question you want even if you're studying alone having a group chat on your phone can actually be a way to have a study group, right? So if the professor doesn't offer that idea, maybe like you as a student can take the lead and creating this group chat. Do you think group chat's a helpful grant? Absolutely. It's just a way to like keep the group connected, keep the group together, kind of, you know what I mean? In a group chat together, you kind of know what's going on when everyone wants to meet all together. Yeah, and, and also hugely right now is zoom and google hangout that is also this new way of interacting and connecting we're all together in this room but we're all in different areas and for us to be able to work together with other students and professors is huge this could be on google hangout zoom 
um, whatever you use, it could be Skype related. That could be your study time and your study session sure. because of the interaction right now, even if COVID does go away and the pandemic goes away, you still have this idea of Zoom and Zooming with a study group. For someone who feels a little bit nervous and doesn't want to be with the study group, you have the group chats, which you guys talked about. I want to talk a little bit about online studying. I mean, Quizlet is like a big thing uh, for students nowadays. Um, I mean, that's mostly making flashcards and kind of just going over them. Like, I, I think you can make as many flashcards as you want uh, in a set. Um, I don't know the certain number that it can go up to, but it's a lot. Put a lot of information on those cards as well. Um, so, you know, just like going over um, those flashcards, you know, flipping them and, you know, it's definitely helped me for sure uh, memorize um, a lot of the material that I need. My favorite way to use technology to study is to pretend you are the professor or a teacher and you're teaching oh. the material and actually put together a PowerPoint presentation and you know, you can record it on Zoom and listen to yourself after, like you don't really have an audience, but pretend that you do. And um, getting ready to teach the material is one of the best ways to master it. Yeah, I was gonna say with Quizlet, I used to do that all the time with creating tests to study for. Uh, there were games that you could play on Quizlet too, which is really cool. Amy, I know that you have had different apps that students have come up to. What are some apps that um, you have recommended for students in the AT Center or just in general for to studying? One of my go-tos would be Quizlet. Um, just like you said, it's so versatile. But I was also going to say preparing a lesson to teach. So once you have mastered the information, then you can teach it to someone else. And like, say, Notability, I think that has some good um, features um, where students might record and go back and then what they've written in their notes. So Notability is a good app to, I think, use to study too, probably just check over your notes. Let's talk a little bit about the test accommodations now that we have you here, Amy. So what are some test accommodations that students can get at Curry for test taking, but also if they wanted to kind of switch their accommodations for test taking as well? All right. So typically what students will do, they sign up for um, extended time. That's the primary, um, I think, reason. However, you know, signing up to take the test at the AT Center where there's a quiet space, you know, free from distractions. Um, they get the extended time. They get a quiet place space or we have, you know, if you need more of a room, we can set you up um, with a room if you really need it quiet. We have uh, noise canceling headphones, you know, and some students are state, or will take a paper pencil exam and professors just email those and I print them out. Some are still, you know, on the computer. Um, and then if it's in Respondus, their professor um, sets the time for them so they know how long they have and, and they can see that and then they know for their exam. They would talk to you about the accommodations. They'd go through the portal to sign up through the accommodations as well with test taking and also set up their exam time as well, right? Yes. Yeah, we do. There's a form online on the PAL portal page, and that um, gives more information, their name, the course, the title, faculty, and then when the exam is and, you know, when they plan on taking it, how they want, if it's, you know, computer, paper, um, within another app, like uh, software, Kurzweil or Dragon, if they want talk-to-text, speech-to-text, um, different accommodations there. Um, 
you know, and, and that is based on their specific accommodations, but it certainly something comes up, you know, we talk to the PAL professor, we, I talk about it, you know, we can reach out to disability services. So, you know, we make sure that accommodations are, are met for their learning style. Grant, have you ever taken the test at PAL? Can you talk a little bit about kind of that experience, if you don't mind? I have, yeah. Um, most of my freshman year, up until the pandemic hit, um, <laughs> I would um, take all my exams in the AT Center. I think Megan was was there um, at the time. She was like the proctor. You would have your own table. You have your own space. You have, um, you know, peace and quiet. They really make sure that you have everything that you need for the exam. Um, and some of those accommodations will allow you to have notes. Most of my teachers have allowed me to have notes out, um, which is very helpful. But if you study and you really know what you're doing, then you don't really need to use the notes as much. It was a fairly easy process to apply for that. Um, you really kind of have to do it five days before. Um, so you have to send in that request early. Um, so it was a fairly easy process. And Did you feel more comfortable in that type of situation? There's a new space you're going into, right? You're yeah. taking an exam in a quiet space. Mm -hmm. Do you feel comfortable in that quiet space taking the exam? Are you able to more focus on the exam more? Absolutely. Uh, for me personally, like I hate taking the test in class because then, you know, I get to see other people like walking up giving the test back to the teacher and walking out of the class. And then it's just like, you know, I'm the lone wolf and <laughs> the lone yeah. survivor, you yeah. know what I mean? And so being able to take it in PAL, you don't really have that stress because everyone's kind of, everyone has at least three hours um, or so to take their exam. And that's more than enough time to take it. Usually, yeah, people do get, get up and, you know, give back their test, but they're not in your class and like you just don't have any like anxiety about finishing the test before anyone else uh, because we're all there for the same reason right right we're all there because we have extra time and we want to take as much time as we need and we're not trying to have any anxiety i think that time is so important because yeah. uh, for a student who's always wanted to not be in the classroom taking a test um you're able to focus on the test not about the people around you right. getting up yeah, as soon as they're done. You're able to focus on the test at hand and you're able to just relax. Mm -hmm. You're not worrying about when everyone else is done. You're not worrying about the fact that, oh, they did better than me. And, and it's, it's, it's important because this is your test. This is what you're learning and it's mm -hmm. not about anyone else. And if, even if it takes you a longer time to do it, and I think that that's difficult for some people because when they think about they have a learning difference, it affects them. But honestly, it makes us more stronger than anyone would ever know. It makes us unique, but it helps us also learn the way we want to learn. And that goes back to the metacognition. I've heard that term so many times throughout my college career, and I think it's very important for students to learn what that is, and to also think about it as they are learning. Yes, yeah, so metacognition is really just learning how to learn. It's like having a brain outside of your brain watching what your brain's doing. I think it's being aware of the many different strategies that exist and then observing yourself try them. 
and evaluate whether or not you think they're effective. And that's why it's so important to be able to embrace that idea of learning from failure because it actually makes us better learners, right? You can't experience success without failure, truly. So, I mean, different metacognitive strategies are, you know, previewing the material, um, study groups could work for people, um, teaching the lesson, testing yourself, um, math, like one helpful strategy for math is, you know, if there's a formula for doing the math, instead of opening the book and following the formula to test your abilities, maybe just doing it on your own. And this is a good way to practice from learning from your mistakes. And then if you don't get it right, go back to the example in the textbook and try to figure out, you know, where did you make your mistake? Um, your brain will retain the information better that way when you're problem solving. Um, knowing your, your intelligence, Howard Gardner has that multiple intelligence theory and really knowing what your strengths are um, can help you develop study strategies. Like if you're a kinesthetic learner, maybe going for a run or taking a hike in the woods. If you're into nature and nature helps you improve your cognitive abilities, maybe going for a hike with your notes or your study guide or listening to an audio recording of something that you're learning um, while you're moving can help you retain the information better. Um, if you're into music, maybe, you know, writing a rap or something. Um, but really, you know, it's, it's really about understanding how your brain works and knowing that you need to find your own strategies because what works for Jack or Grant or Amy is not necessarily going to work for you. You need to know your brain and know your learning profile. And that just takes trial and error. So, but it is just so true that we are all our own, you know, individual people, learners, I mean, in all phases of life. So, you know, just embrace that and find, you know, what works well for you. And, you know, and if you do have some anxieties, then I think coming to the AT center can help lessen that because like Grant was saying, you know, you're not worrying like, oh, why is that person leaving? Or I'm still taking the test. And then all these questions come in that just cloud you and they just get in the way. So here, you know, it's a little less stress. We try to keep it more calm and, you know, an environment that is, you know, more um, beneficial to taking an exam so that some of those um, external stressors are, are gone, so. So how can we be more successful when studying for an exam or test? The main thing I stress um, is just having that, the right mindset. I know I said it already, but you just got to get into that mindset where, you know, you're just like confident in yourself and, you know, you can do it. You just don't want to be like going into the test like, ah, oh, I don't know. Uh, don't really want to do this, but I have to. I think the importance of um, being mm. self-reflective also often gets unnoted. <laughs> People don't realize how important it is because, you know, you could get, you know, not the grade that you want. Maybe you got a D, maybe you got a C and you were yeah. really striving for an A. And your mind is like, oh, well, that sucks. Or you blame it on the professor or you just think that you stink. <laughs> and then you move on without ever really taking the time to think like, wow, how can I do better next time? What did I miss? What can I do different? You know, and that's the difference between having a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. You know, a fixed mindset is limiting where a growth mindset is growing. You know, you're wanting to learn from your mistakes and, and that's what leads to success. So really just like taking initiative and advocating for yourself, like going to the professor and being like, hey, like, 
what do I need to do? Like, what do, what do I need to improve on? Yeah, That's those conversations go a long way, especially yeah. at a small school like Curry. If you do, you know, get, you know, a grade you weren't hoping for, or you're just kind of like retrace your steps and think like, how could I approach it differently? You know, and maybe like you said, going to the professor and just saying, look, like I tried this, I thought it worked and, you know, it, it didn't seem to go as well as planned and, you know, do you have any suggestions? But we want you to do what's best for you. And that's always what we're asking of yourselves is to do what's best for you, to study how you want to study, to learn how you want to learn metacognition. And also, if you have any questions to let us know with apps, with anything, with studying and studying for tests. I know that midterms has kind of passed. We don't want the grade to define you. I want to thank you guys so much. You guys have anything else to say? No? Thank you for putting this together. This is wonderful. Yeah, no problem. thank you. This will be I think great. The biggest thing I want to say is stay healthy, stay confident, don't get into too much trouble. Keep getting into that mindset where you know you're confident and you can do it, and you guys will be all right. I want to thank Dr. Parsons, Grant Palmer, and Amy George again for being a part of the PAL podcast. We were talking about tests and studying, and we hope you guys all stay safe, stay healthy, and be confident next time you have your exam. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. We are here to help. Please let us know what we can do to help you less stressed and ready for your next test. Please follow us and stay up to date on new episodes. Why don't you join us for another episode right here on Spotify?